Okay, Boker Tov. Boker Tov, Shavua Tov, and a good Nerev Yantif. <coughs> Today's daf is daf Lamed Hay in Yuma. Uh, right from the top of the page, my parva. The Mishnah said that the coin is now brought, the coin girl is now brought to the Lishchas HaParva, the base HaParva, and that was in the Azara. And this is where he went to the mikvah. And that's, that's, that, that was the mikvah that was in the Azara, not the mikvah that he started out the day with, which was next to his chamber, which was not in the Azara, as we said. And, um, and, uh, and they, the mission said that they spread out a linen garment for Tznias between him and the people. He, he, he did He removed his clothes. And he went to the mikvah. Mayor says he first removed the clothes. Then he did Kiddush Adon Raglayim. He went into the mikvah and he came out and he cleaned, and he cleaned himself. Now, why is it called ba- Parva? So we had this before, my Parva. Amrav Yosef, Parva Amgusha. Parva is a sorcerer, like Magi. Amgusha is like the Magi, the Magi. So Rashi says, Parva Amgusha, Machashef Echad Bona Vishma Parva. A Machashef, a sorcerer, built it and he was called, his name was Parva. That was simply his name. The Mepharshim deal with this because we had another opinion that it was actually not that he built that chamber, but there was a guy, Parva, who was a guy who had uh, dug a tunnel under the base of Migdash to try to see the, what the coin Gadol did. That's where Ben Hananov shot, that he wanted to see the Avoda, and he was found and killed, and they called it by that name. It's a little bit difficult to understand that they would call a Lishka in the base of Migdash based on a sorcerer, a Machashif, a person of an Ovid of Vodazara, who wasn't? Who was certainly a bad guy? So some say that. Um, um, some the Rashi just says that he built it. So if he and especially if he built it through kishuf, he didn't build it directly. He built it through sorcery. That wouldn't be proper. So the Tferes Yisrael says that kavod is not for kishuf itself, but he built it uh, whether with such great craftsmanship that it, it was able, the water was able to go through there into the mikveh, like through the walls, without seeing the pipes. You know, something like we'd say today, you know, you build a building today, you don't want to see the pipes. He was able to do that with his craftsmanship even then. The Miri says that he wasn't a guy at all. He was a machashef or Yisrael, a Yisrael who performed the sorcery, and later on, but he was very talented, and later on he did tshuva. But a guy couldn't take part in the building of the base of Megiddo. As Ezra told the goyim, "Lola chemvalalanu v'aspesikani." You can't have a you can't have a stake in building the base of Megiddo. So certainly, so so the uh, therefore he says the, the Meiri says that he wasn't a guy at all, but he was a Jew who lay who did tshuva. But he was a, he was a craftsman, and <coughs> it was called Parva because. I mean that was his name, but the point was what was special about him was that he had this tremendous craftsmanship. Post essential they spread out the linen garment. Maisha Shabutz, why is it made out of linen? Amrafkana as we said before, that uh, as uh, as as Avram alluded to before we started the, the Gemara today, uh, the five avodas, the five different kinds of uh, processes that he did that day, having many avodas within each one, but he started off the day with with the regular eight big day uh, kahuna that he used all year round, some of which uh, were made out of wool uh, and um, and um, shatnas. Then the second part of the day when he did the avoda in the linen garments, the white linen garments, that was the real avoda sayom, all the special avodas of Yom Kippur. He followed that with the ayol and ayla um, which was in the regular daily clothes, the eight garments. Then he put on the white garments again 
to remove the kaf and the machta, the 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 fire pan, the coal pan with the uh, with the shovel that went along with it, and he removed that. And then the final when he put on the carbon the the, the final avodah of the day when he did the carbon tomit and the musa for the regular eight garments. So the second and the fourth had white garments. So the Gemara said he he he, he, he the Mishnah had said that he wore these white garments in the second and the fourth. Let's call them process the the process of um, of Yom Kippur. Um, and the Mishnah said that in the morning he wore plusin shalshnei masar. Plusin apparently was the name of a place. Special garments like you know like a Persian like you say a Persian rung plusin uh, plusin garments that were worth uh, twelve. Uh, mona, like one thousand two hundred uh, dollars, let's say. Bain Arbayim, in, in the evening he wore Hindu ones made out of eight hundred dollars, so it was a little bit less different. May the Chumsei, in the morning it was worth eighteen hundred, in the evening twelve hundred, total of thirty. So <clears throat> that's what the Mishnah says. So B'Shachar Yilavshim Plus and Shalshmon Asar, the Chum said it was in the morning, in the, for the morning of Oda, meaning. The second, the process, the main process of Yom Kippur, which was the second process where he wore the white garments, they were worth $1,800, and in the evening, $1,200. Why does he have to tell us the Sachakol was Hakol uh, Shloshimona? <coughs> Tells you $1,800, and $1,200, the total is, is uh, $3,000, right? Uh, three, 30 mona or three, three times 100, uh, 30 times 100, 3,000. So is he telling us how to add up? We sort of know that 18 and 12 is, is 30. Or eighteen hundred and twelve hundred is three thousand. So I come You shouldn't use. You shouldn't have less than the total of of three thousand. Mahani Meaning, everybody. It's okay if you have a little bit less. And is it supposed to have eighteen hundred in the morning and twelve hundred in the evening? A total of three thousand. However, let's say you had seventeen hundred. And uh, and thirteen hundred, that would also be okay, as long as the total is thirty, as, as long as the total is three thousand, right? So that's okay. Also, he's just trying. To, that's why he says the sachakol is three thousand to tell you it didn't have to be exactly eighteen hundred and twelve hundred. It could have been seventeen and thirteen. It could have been sixteen and fourteen. It could have been nineteen and eleven. Whatever, as long as the total is three thousand. Everybody agrees though that the morning ones have to be have to be worth more. Right then, the evening ones, Menol, and Where do we get this from? Amrafuna Bere Durav Eloi Amrakar. The pasuk says again, the pasuk that we quoted at length the other day. It says Ksonas Bad Kodesh Yilbash. That's the first one. It says Bad Umichnasay Bad Yilbasar. We're talking about when Baruch Kodesh Befarv and Bokal Chatzvay Elo Ksonas Bad Kodesh Yilbash Umichnasay Bad Yilbasar. Vavnei Yachkor Uvmetzvasos Yad. So it says Bad four times. Ksonas Bad Kodesh one Umichnasay Bad two. Vavnei bad three, Metzas bad four. Big day Shem Ratzmaim is from. So this is what these are the, the the first bad that he wears on, and in, in the first bad that he wears in the morning. It says bad 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 four times. Mufkavar to tell us that it's got to be the choicest of all of them. Rashi says Arba Zimnik Sibelavishes Big Day Shachris, and when he wears when he wears them in the morning, when he wears the avod in the morning, the second process again, the first time that he wears the linen garments, it says four times the word bad. Lemeimer to tell us. Tells this is the best, the very best linen. So the morning has to be choicer, better than the evening ones. Meisvei, 
Pasuk says in Yecheskel, interesting, Yecheskel, there's a whole portion, we say this in some of the Aftorahs, and I think one of the Aftorahs is from the Yecheskel Memdalad, that he talks about the Kohanim, and it's not exact there, because he talks about the Kohanim not being able to marry even an Almana, it's not exact, the Yeloshim, but he tells us more there than it says in the Torah. It says, V'lovshu b'gadam achem, and he wears other ones. V'loyikatras on b'viktem, and he shouldn't be makadish to um win their clothes. Rashi goes through all the rechas here to say, what are we talking about over there? So Rashi lose. He says, we're not talking about certain sukkum there. We're talking about sukkum that talk about a Yom Kippur. Why? Because the Pusik there says, Rashi in the third line of the page says, shouldn't be wearing any wool. Well, that can't be all year round because all year round among his eight begotten, there is wool. Uh, there's a treilis as wool and choshen eifet. So in the meal has treilis and the choshen eifet has treilis. So it can't be talking about, you're talking about Yom Kippur when he's wearing the white linen garments in the second and fourth processes that have no wool. So we're speaking about there and it says, V'lov shubugar macherim and he wears other ones. Why would he tell you acherim? And it must be, must be, and that he see that in the Gemara, that's talking about after he leaves the base of Mikdash, he shouldn't wear his holy garments Outside, but uh, you know, outside in the in the street, that should only be in regular uh, street clothes. Uh, so that's going on a separate thing. But the love show is what he's talking about here. That on Yom Kippur he takes off one set of garments and he puts on another one. And Rashi says, interesting. Uh, Rashi says in the fourth of the narrow lines. Moshe didn't tell us in the Torah about this. Remember, we had before the other day. That how do we know that he had a that there was a fourth one because otherwise we have we had a lachamash mesina that there were five mikvahs and ten, went to the mikvah five times and ten uh, washings of the hands kiddushadayim v'raglayim from the pasuk you wouldn't really see that you would just see that when he does the avod in the base mikdash uh, inside the heichal and inside the kachakachim the avod sayom that's in the white garments fine but that could have sufficed with three changes of clothing in the morning he puts on the golden ones let's call them then he puts on the white ones then he puts on the gold ones. That's three, uh, three changings. So it could have been enough with three mikvahs and six Kiddush Yudayim Raglayim. So he says, Moshe In the Torah's Moshe, Moshe in the Torah didn't tell us exactly that. We learn out from that since there were five and ten, therefore we had to figure out that he came back, we, we interrupted the, uh, the, the ending of the Avodah Siyom, removing the Kaf and the Machta from the Kodesh Kodeshim, he had to remove that, so we interrupt that with Elon Elam, so we get it a, th- a third and a fourth process, so we get one, two, three, four, five. So therefore, since it wasn't said, Aschayakra, so uh, Yecheskel then listed it in the Pusik to, to be clearer about it. That's talking about a separate thing, but you see over here that he changes clothes. Acherim sounds like better ones, right? That's what he's going to say. Uh, if, if you're not better ones, why say other ones? Not like the first ones. Why did he tell you, maybe you just put on the same white clothes that he had before. Why do you have to say, puts on other ones? Of course, he puts on uh, the same ones that he had in the morning. He could put on in the afternoon. So he didn't tell us, uh, uh, the the didn't Moshe didn't tell us about that. Moshe didn't even really clearly tell us that he does the Elo and the Elam and then followed by the Mechnasay by, by in the fourth process with the Bad. That was all because we learned it out from Lachmash Mishnah. They had to be five and ten. So he didn't tell us about the fourth one. He didn't tell us that the fourth one had other clothes. So since he told us other clothes, 
in the Havman we're assuming now, if it's not better ones, why say a cherem? They can't be the first ones. Mashma, he's got to have better clothes. So it's mashma that the clothes in the afternoon, or at least not necessarily in the afternoon, but the later ones that he did in the day, after he did the Elo and the Elo'am, Mashma should be better ones. Like Mars is low. When it's a cherem, means to say that they're inferior ones, that they're not as good as the first ones. As if to say the, the morning ones have to be better. Also in the, he says, my love, why, why do we have a minute to say that the other ones were better? Because just like you say, when he takes off the white garments, he puts on the golden ones, the ones that he wears all year round. Those are of higher quality. They're wool and gold, etc. Right? But don't the big days of Shalovish Kashiots and Basemek Kachim, he puts on the better ones. There are more Choshev than the big, the other ones that are Shutim that he just took off. So I would think that whenever he changes his clothes, he should put on better ones. He should put on better ones. So uh, the better ones than he had before. No, these are more inferior. So again, the idea is that in the morning, because it says bad, 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 he's got to have the best possible ones. That indicates that the ones that he wears later on, it's not necessarily in the morning, it's still, the, the fourth ones could also be in the morning, the fourth process, but when he removes the kaf of the machta. But, uh, but it's a later process, and they're not supposed to be as good as the ones in the morning. After he finishes the avoda of Tzibur on Yom Kippur, let's say his mother made for him, she wanted to make him a special uh, tunic, a special shirt. He can wear it. Rashi learns over here, it's not like some of Farshim say that it's an avoda of a carbon of a yachid, but he's referring to removing the kaf and the machta. That's like avoda yachid because it doesn't need the tzibur there because he's just really going in. That's not something everybody has to you know, see him go in there and take it out. I mean, he can't, they can't go into the kachim, kachim, obviously, and see it, but it's not so chosh, ain't srichot tzibur, because he's got to, he's got to remove it. In other words, we had to make, we had to separate off part of the avodas yom. So you should have five and ten. So we said, okay, the the kafimach, he'll go in there and he'll remove it. That's not like, a, that's just like finishing things off. He doesn't want to leave it there in the kashikashim. We got to take it out. That's part of it. But it's not so chashiv. And therefore, if his mother made for him, uh, she made from herself. She made a uh, ksonas. He can wear that. But he's got to give it to the tzibur. Is the chmashma that the regular body that he did on Yom Kippur until then cannot be that way? It's got to be more chashiv. It's got to come from the tzibur. The tzibur says we don't want your personal ones, even though you donated it to the tzibur. But we want this to come from the monies of the tzibur. Isn't it obvious that he has to give it to the, to the tzibur? If he and if he gave it to the tzibur, he should be able to do a simple avodas yachid. However, you learn avodas yachid, like Rashi, that it's removing the kaf and the machto, like other rishonim that that it's uh, doing avoda, bringing a, a daily carbon for an individual. Says I might think maybe he didn't really give it over wholeheartedly, and therefore it's really like his, and he can't do a voda for other people with his own garments. It's got to be a voda that came from the tzibur. Kamash that we're not concerned about that. ben Fabi, he was a kohen gadol. His mother made for him a tunic of uh, worth a, a lot of money, like uh, a hundred, a hundred times a hundred dollars, like ten thousand dollars below shah, and he wore it for over and he did the avod of a yachid. Again, avod of yachid can mean over here removing the kaf and the machta or a carbon of an individual. Umasu let's see when he gave it to the tzibur. Amalav al Rablazar ben Charsum. Similarly, she'asuli imoksanas mishtevi, but his mother made for him tunic made out of two times ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars. V'lo nichu echav akohanim lovsha. And his his uh, brotherly priest did not allow him to wear it. Neshanir Karim, he looked naked and it was transparent. Says the Gemara, Mimas Chazik, can you see through it? Vamar Mar Chutin Kafel Shisha. 
the uh, threads had to be twisted six times. So it was, the chara was very thick. And if it was thick, how could you see through it? I'm going to buy a like wine in a glass cup. It could be very thick, but you could see through it. Somehow it was made golden in such a way that maybe it was tied very tight and you could see through it so his, uh, he wasn't allowed to wear it. So this Rebbelezer ben Kharsim, as we see, was a very, um, very wealthy man. His mother could make for him a shirt worth $20,000, so he was quite wealthy, as we're going to describe now. The following Gemara is brought down, as we'll see, presumably because Rebbelezer ben Kharsim is mentioned in it as a very wealthy man. A famous Gemara, Tan Rabbanan. Uh, these three kinds of people, a poor person, a rich people, and an evil person, eventually when they'll come to give a din for the Rabbanu they will come to judgment. And you might say, you know, everybody's going to have an excuse. I was too poor to do mitzvah study Torah. I was too wealthy. I had a very bad Yetzirah. I was good looking. So the Hashem is telling, like the Gemara is telling me, Hashem will answer him, or they'll tell him in the Shemaim, Omulo, that's the first thing that a person's done. You know, there's a, people ask, why weren't you Osik in this? Why weren't you Osik in this? Did you Did you carry on your transactions honestly? Were you an honest person? But the first thing they had for was Torah comes before everything. As we say, the Talmud Torah, Kenegat Kulam, all the mitzvahs that you do, learning Torah is the most important thing. That's why it's good to start off the day or before we go to sleep, Rumi, to learn the Dafyomi, and we're, os- we're Osik in Torah daily. So we tell them, the, they tell them in the Shemayim, okay, let's, let's, uh, you're coming up, why didn't you learn Torah? Imam says, if he says, I was too poor for Tarbimsas, I was too busy earning a living, I didn't have time to learn. Omelo, Klumani, Aisi, Yasmahil, were you any poorer? Were you only more destitute than Hillel Azokin? Amr of Al Hillel Azokin, Shabachol Yom Bayom, because Hillel was the, you know, was the um, ancestor of Rebbe and of all the, the, whole, the whole lineage that he had. He himself was very poor, even though Rebbe was very wealthy, one of his descendants, but Hillel was very poor. Each day he worked hard just to earn a tarpik. Tarpik is like a half a dinner, a small amount. Of that amount, half of it he gave to the guard at the shul, at the base medrash, to allow him to come in to hear Torah. Half he used just to support his family for food and basic needs. And that's for half of it. Half of it. By the way, you see from what Rehidim Farshim say, even though we have a cloud that let's say to do a mitzvah, you don't have to fill in, you want to buy fill in, how much should you spend? You should never spend more than 20% of your assets. Here he spent 50% because Torah is not like other mitzvahs. Torah is connected kulam, and for Torah, if a person has to learn Torah without Torah, he's nothing. Right? Uh, for tzedakah, you shouldn't give more than 20%. Torah Torah is your life forever. He's not allowed to spend anything else. In other words, he's not allowed to spend money on any other things, even other mitzvahs, if he doesn't have Torah. Torah is the first thing that he sp- should spend his money on. So here he spent half of the money just to get him into the base matters because he didn't, at that point, he didn't know how to learn. And, um, pardon? I thought I said, okay, so, um, so he would give half to the guard at the at the at the at the uh, base medrash. So you see here, you have to pay tuition also, right? You have to pay to get in. One time he couldn't he couldn't earn his half dinner that day. He had, he was destitute. He had no money at all. They didn't allow him in. 
They didn't allow him into the base medrash because, you know, nobody's going to pay. People, they won't be able to support the shul, the base medrash. So they didn't allow him. So he went, he wanted to learn Torah, so he went on top of the roof and he, and he stuck himself there at, at the skylight, on top of the, in the, in the roof, on top of the base medish, she should be able to hear the words of Torah, called Divrael Kemchayim, like we say every day, the words of the living God. He wanted to hear that from the famous Toram Shmayim Aftalion, who were themselves like him. Omru, Omru, they said that day that he was, uh, that he had, a, he had a hide or hide himself at the top of the, he wasn't hiding, he did it openly, but he, had, he couldn't get in, so he climbed up onto the roof of the base medrash, and he sat in the skylight. That day, Erev Shabbos, it was Friday, with Kufas Tevis, it was the middle of the winter, the Yorov Shelag Menashemayim, and it snowed. Kshaullah in the morning, uh, when morning happened, and he had been there the whole night, Amrlo Shmayel Avtayon, Shmayel said Avtayon, Avtayon Achi, I have time, my brother, Behol Yom Abayis Meir. Every day it's very light in here. By Yom Eifel, it's very dark right now. Shem Yom Amunun, is it very cloudy outside? They must have also, uh, you know, stayed in the base medish or slept there because otherwise he could have seen outside if it was, if it was cloudy. Anyway, Hitzitzu and Nehem, they, uh, they lifted their eyes, you know, they looked up to the skylight, rode to Musana Baruba. They saw a, uh, a shape of a person in the skylight. They saw a hill up there. Although they went up there, Umatsu Allah, and they found upon him Rome Shalashamashalak, they found three amos, a large amount of snow. Shalak Parku, and they removed it, Verchitsu, and they washed him Vesihu, and they anointed him Vashivu, they put him opposite a fire. And apparently, in part of that process, they were Machal Shabbos. It was Shabbos morning. A person like this who wants to learn Torah is so, so interested in learning Torah, and obviously he put himself in Sakana, maybe unwittingly. He didn't know it was going to snow. He didn't know he was going to freeze. Uh, it was right to Machal Shabbos. So again, they would say to him, Are you anybody any- else you wouldn't? Any other person you shouldn't say? No, anybody else you should, but I mean, especially this person. Look, a, a person of this sort, and if they had been concerned in Machal Shabbos, you know, they, he was Roy to a person like this, is certainly Roy to Machal Shabbos. As we say, what's the reason why Machal Shabbos to save somebody's life? Because better than Machal one Shabbos, he should be able to make many Shabbosos. Usher, if a person was wealthy and he came before God, and they said, you know, why? And they set up there, why, uh, why didn't you learn Torah? Omer lo, nei la sakta b'Torah. Imay, imay, Omer Asher. He says, I was too wealthy b'Torah. He I was too busy with my business. I can't make aliyah. I'm too busy. Uh, what am I going to do with my whole business over here? Right? I can't learn Torah. Too busy working. Omer lo, they said, Klum Asher. I used to Yosemir Abelazer. Were you any wealthier than Abelazer? This is the Abelazer ben Charsum that we talked about before, who was uh, also a coin, maybe a coin guttle. Because uh, his mother made for him this uh, this this garment, it doesn't say over there that he used it. It just said he wasn't able to use it because his brothers. I'm assuming maybe it might have been a coin guttle. His father was so wealthy that he left him the Yerusha, a thousand cities. That means he owned the cities and everything in them, including the people. Everybody there was subservient to him. He was the owner. It wasn't simply the governor, the manager, the mayor. He was the owner of these cities. And he had. 1,000 cities, and opposite that, 1,000 ships. Again, when you use these numbers, 1,400, it could be a little bit of a guzma, but he was very wealthy. He had 1,000 ships in the, in the sea, I guess, to, to, uh, you know, to, for commerce between these cities. What did this Reblazer and Charsim do, even though he was so wealthy? He owned all this. 
But he would, every day, he would take a sack of flour, on his shoulder, he went to hear Torah from various Rabbanim, from city to city, from state to, that's all he was Osik with, he, wasn't, he, he had other people run the business. One time, his own servants, servants who worked in those cities, found him. Uh, they found him, they say, hey, who is this poor guy over here? He's not working. Everybody has to work. They all, they belong, if, you own, if you're in that city, you're a slave to the owner. And they made him, they put him to work. They put him to work in the avoda of the city. They put him to a job, cleaning the streets, whatever. Please, leave me alone. I want to learn Torah. By the life of the owner of the city, of course, they didn't realize that that was him. We don't like him. All his time, right? They, they um, some of the gifts that Yaakov has here, and they gave him a lot of money to let him go. They, that, that, Parenthetically, he paid them off. He had a lot of money with him. He just didn't, but he didn't act that way. But he paid him a lot of money to get rid of him. And he never saw them. And as they didn't know, he was Osik in Torah. And Farshim say also, why didn't he just say, I am the guy? I'm the owner. It's like the famous story with the king turning into a pauper and all that, switching places, right? He, he could have said, That's me. I'm the owner. They wouldn't have believed him. Why? Because they never saw him. He never appeared to them. He never went and checked them. He never saw him. So he could have proven his case. So why didn't he just stay and still prove his case? Because it would have taken a long time of Bittal Torah, right? Marshaw says they, they wouldn't have believed him because they'd never seen him. And because of Bittal Torah, he didn't want to stay there and try to prove it and bring proofs, etc., and pictures and stuff like that. He didn't, he didn't have, they said to him, do you have any ID? You know, they didn't have ID in those days, right? They didn't have a, uh, what do they call it? A photo ID, right? Not enough to have an ID. You need a photo ID today or two Two uh, proofs, right? Two ideas. They didn't have any of that. It would have taken forever. So therefore, you know, the point was he was very wealthy and still he learned Torah. Russia, if he was an evil person, why didn't you learn Torah? Imam Renoi, listen, I was so good looking. The girls were all running after me. Vitar B. Yitzray, I was busy uh, fending them off with my, uh, with my evil inclination. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't control myself. Omlo, they said, Kum no, Yisim Yosef, are you any better looking than Yosef? Omlo of Yosef, at Sadiq, famous story, B'chol Yom Yosef, Eishas Patifa, Meshad Lasso, Bidvarim. Each and every day she tried to seduce him with words. Begarim Shalav Shalo Shachras, Lo Lav Shalo Arvis. The garments that she wore in the morning to entice him, she didn't wear in the evening, she changed her garments. Begarim Shalav Shalo Arvis, Lo Lav Shalo Shachras. She didn't wear for him in the morning. She changed her garments all the time to look attractive. Omlo, she said to him, Hishamali, listen to me. No, I'll put you in jail. If you don't uh, lie with me, I will put you in jail. Not a problem. God will. T- God is the one who takes people out of jail. I will lower your stature. Hashem will raise my stature. I'll blind you. Hashem can make the blind see. Nasno Elif Kikrizov, she gave him a thousand talents of silver, Lishmoa Ella, to listen to her, Lishka Vetzla, to lie with her. Lios Ima, that, that extra lotion of Lishka Vetzla, Lios Ima, which is quoted in the Pusik, for Loratza. Loratza, he didn't want to Lishmoa Ella, Lishka Vetzla, he didn't want to listen to her, to lie with her, Bolamazah, to lose a share in this world. He didn't want to live in this world, Lios Ima, Lios to be with her in the next world, in a Makam of Rosham. He didn't want to be with her in this world and in the next world. And therefore, he, he, he abstained, and therefore, uh, he, he set an example. Even a person who is so uh, desirable and, and good-looking and uh, can be enticed, he held himself back. So therefore, all these animsa, he'll, he'll, 
Hillel, through his poverty and still was able to learn Torah, is Mechaev Aniyam who claim that they can't learn Torah. He finds them guilty. The real wealthy people who say they didn't have time to learn Torah. He says, look, they were they weren't as wealthy as Lazman Kharsman, he still learned Torah. And Yosef Machayim Besar the people who follow their evil inclination. By the way, so part of now going back to the coin Godal. He came to his power and uh, he came to his power. This is all part of the Avoda that he's doing now on in the second process, right? We said uh, he took off those clothes and he put on the white garments. So this is the Avoda of Yom Kippur. He came to his power. The par, his par was standing between the ulam and the mizbeach. And this is in, if you look in, in, in illustration number 73, you'll see where he was standing between the mizbeach and the ulam in that small area. <clears throat> now, as we'll see, that area, that's what we're going to talk about. Since all this, all these are Kavana Sibra, these are all Kachakashim, had to be in the north. So that was in the northern side of the Azar. If you split the Azar in two, but was that due north? It wasn't due north of the mizbeach, because we say, he was between the Mizbech and the Ulam. So he wasn't due north of Mizbech. So who does that go? Like tomorrow's Gemara, we'll deal with that. So he was standing between the Mizbech. Rosh Adarom Ufad of Amara. What does that mean? He was facing the south, right? He was, Rosh Adarom, the, the animal was facing south, but his face was towards the west. That means towards the Hechel. How do you do that? Why didn't you just, if you, if you want the face of the animal just to be facing the Hechel, so why don't you just, Turn the animal, have the back toward the east and his face towards the west. So the Marvel explain that why that was, because if in case the animal had a bowel movement, we didn't want it to be facing the Azar, uh, facing the Zbeach, therefore it was more proper that the back of the animal should be in the towards the north, his face of the animal would be towards the south, and then he would turn the animal's head towards the west, towards the Echabakoin, Omen Mizrach, the coin would stand on the east, his back would be to the east, the Palamar facing the west. The Samachshiravalavani who put his two hands, did smicha putting his two hands on the par. Umisvan and he confessed, the Kachay Omer, Ano Hashem, Avisi Pashati Khatasi. We know from the Avod of Yom Kippur that's the other way around. Khatisi Khatasi Avisi Pashati. Tomorrow we'll talk about that order. Tomorrow's Gemara will deal with that. So Anashem he said, Avisi Pashati Khatasi Avisi is he sinned Bemezid. Pashati is like rebellious, rebelliously. Khatasi is Bishogek, Lifanecha, Ani Ubesi. I and my household, on Hashem, please Hashem, Kaperna, right? Please atone la avonos l'bsham l'chatam for the very sin shavisi v'shvat shachatasi. Again, that order in our mission, there's a, there's a machlokus obviously between what is the order. Our the order that we actually use is chatasi avisi pashati, but this is the order of the mission shavisi v'shvat shachatasi l'fanecha ani ubesi kakasuv. As it says, Psalms Moshe Adecha kivayom azay yachaper alechem l'tareskem v'kol chatzechem l'Hashem titaru. In other words. Please uh, have this carbon atone for our sins, and if we should be cleansed on Yom Kippur. And they answer him, because that's the order, that's the answer. And outside the base of Migdash, you say, Amen. In the base of Migdash, the, when they, and they said a bracha, the answer to the bracha was, as the Gemara will describe. All right, tomorrow's daf is daf Lamed Vav. And that's the, the daf for the first for Shavuos, or one day of Shavuos uh, in in Chutzlar, it's just two days, obviously. For, for us, it's, it's Shavuos itself. Uh, one thing I would just point out, I think, and I didn't mention that, and I don't know if I mentioned that, that the talk about the um, uh, the Sakin, I think I mentioned it actually, the Sakin, the knife, is called a Chalaf. Rashi here and elsewhere, he had in Kachim, says it's Lashon Aravi, a Chalaf. In, in Ezra, though, it's a Pasuk in Ezra that talks about the Chilufa, which is talking about, talk about the Beis HaChalifos, 
which is the house, the area on the side of the ulam. If you see that in the diagrams where they kept the knives, and that's called Beis Khalifos because the Khalif was the knife. But Rashi says it's a Lashon Arabi, and apparently from Ezra it's Mashba that it's also uh, Hebrew. In any case, tomorrow's Daf is Daf Lamed Vav, that'll be on the podcast, and on Tuesday morning, we will start with the Mishnah on Daf Lamed Zion, about 15 lines down on Lamed Zion. Chag Sameach to everybody, Chag Sameach, Surot Tavot, and may we have a quiet, uh, quiet Yontav, Koltav.